Hi, I'm Shelby Schling, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Hi, and welcome back to the show. It has been a while, but I'm so excited to have our first guest of this of season two of Living Over Losing with us today. We have Asasia. She is focused on mindset to heart set, um, success. She's a success and love coach, a spiritual teacher, and she's a manifestation expert, basically a spiritual guru. I'm so excited to have her on the show. So welcome, Astasia. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Hi, thank you so much. So um, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you want to mention that I didn't mention in the introduction about yourself, but basically what I want to do first is get a background of, of you. So maybe that can go back yes. as far as you want. So kind of your story, how did you end up in this place? I know that for me, spirituality and, and you know manifestation and mindset and heart set was kind of came along from struggles. So Oh my God. Interesting to find out other people's stories and how they evolve. So like I said, we can share any way, any sort of version of your story that you want, but I like to start off with that. So awesome. I feel you so much because my story starts from struggle. Definitely. So quick uh, background. I'm originally from Greece. I spent uh, my first years of adulthood in London, in the UK. I was uh, on a career in the finance, in the financial world, in the city of London. Um, So my background educationally was business and finance. And I got introduced to mindset work and coaching through the business world. So I used to work in the city of London with big uh, investment banks. I did finance, I did headhunting, I did talent management. And then seven years later, I just had a burnout. I wasn't even sure like what was wrong with me because you know I was having this perfect career, making a lot of money. I mean, in, a, in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I had a beautiful apartment and everything was supposed to be working, but it wasn't until one of my bosses at the time who wouldn't even give me like a, a day off, you know how that works. Mm-hmm. He gave me a book back in 2008. He gave me a book on juicing and he was like, maybe Aspasia, you would like to consider a different diet. You've been losing a lot of weight and you don't, you don't look so healthy. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that's how... I realized that something wasn't like I wasn't living my authentic, my authentic life for sure. I didn't even know exactly what was wrong or where I was quote unquote lying to myself. So I resigned from that job. It was also the the financial crisis in 2009. So in 2009, actually, I resigned and I moved back to Greece to heal. So I moved back home. I found great therapists and doctors. And then six months later, I was, I was feeling much better. Everything was better. I found a different, amazing career. I was a communication advisor to the Greek prime minister's cabinet. I had another amazing career. But then slowly, slowly, I started again, realizing that I'm not living my authentic truth while not knowing exactly what that is. So cut to... I moved to the U.S., I moved to Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, in this city, uh, with my European eyes, I, was, I wasn't quite sure why I liked this city, 
because it's not one of the most beautiful ones architecturally. But the weather, the light, the energy, there was something about it. And it, is, it was until I moved here that I really started to stepping into what I called a soul-searching uh, quantum physics meets spirituality journey. Because I was, from, I'm, I was coming from such a, um, you know, like logical background, you know, very scientific business and all that. I don't want to say cynical, but I was, I was very right-brained. So quantum physics was the first thing that grasped my attention. And I had a teacher for a few years and she taught me all sorts of cool stuff about how quantum physics, if you really translate them in a poetic way, it really bridges all the spiritual teachings and uh, from pretty much all you know, spiritual lineages. And then uh, I was still working on a startup that I used to have at the time. And my startup at the time moved me to uh, Chile and Peru. So I spent a year in Latin America while continuing to study all that. And it wasn't, and it was uh, in 2013, I was in Machu Picchu, uh, just sightseeing this amazing place in Peru. And it's uh, one of the most uh, beautiful villages of the Inca civilization up there on a mountain. And I had my Kundalini awakening, which was pretty much like uh, an amazing sensation and feeling of connection with the nature around me. So I was like, wow, that something started to make sense. So all of those teachings and all those quantum physics and other law of attraction and other things that I was, all of a sudden there was just in that moment, I just felt that a lot of things clicked and I didn't know what that was years later. I found the Kundalini yoga and meditation practice that pretty much explains somehow how the body awakens to a more expansive mind, basically. So, so yes, it was an amazing year. My 2013 was an amazing year. I moved back in 2014 to Los Angeles and I was like, wow, I need to start practicing all those cool spiritual teachings. I need to just ground them. I was still working on my startup. But I was very, very interested to prove to myself and to the people around me that all those teachings work. So what I did was I did something that for that one of the most difficult things uh, for a European person in the U.S. Um, I manifested my green card sponsored by the U.S. government without having to, you know, be married or or compromise in any way. I wasn't. I didn't have to. Uh, be sponsored by a company. I didn't have to become an employee anymore again because I was an entrepreneur. So I just did it. Nobody believed me. So what happened was in February 2015, I sat down with myself and I started opening my toolbox of all the spiritual teachings and all the manifestation techniques and all the mindset techniques that I had. And I was like, I'm going to put them, you know, in use and I'm going to make this happen. So from February to July, um, I can go into much detail, but to cut a long story short, 31st of July, my lawyer uh, sent the paperwork. And 1st of August, we got the approval. And my green card says uh, alien, permanent alien of extraordinary ability, which is pretty much a, a 
a green card that only really, really, really amazing famous actors or models usually get. Mm. And I was not an actor, <laughs> neither an amazing model. Um, I was merely, you know, a business person that came from Europe and I manifested it. And it was all through all these teachings that I teach now in my Faith Fit Academy. And so that was my first grounding of those teachings. And up uh, and from there onwards, I had many struggles, you know, while walking my talk. You know, there were times that I forgot how to ground those teachings. And then there were times that I was flying up, flying up high with the teachings. And so basically what my journey is right now is I'm walking my talk. I teach others how to do the same, leading their lives from an authentic, authentic place um, and connecting the mindset with the heart set, grounding those spiritual teachings with uh, the science of the mind and quantum physics, while also keeping the spiritual uh, connection alive. But I would say that I basically speak to mostly women that have like this more right brain, like I did, and that they want to just apply this grace and ease that comes with when we, when we work with the mindset and we connect this with a spiritual aspect. Awesome. I love that. That's amazing. So for anyone listening and because you just said so many amazing things, but for anyone listening that maybe doesn't know what mindset work is or, or what you mean by living your authentic life, can you kind of explain that a little bit more? Um, like what exactly is mindset work and how, what are the spirituality teachings that, you know, that you're referring to? Yes. So, so mindset for me, um, is the, uh, the power of our mind. So basically what we, what I believe about mindset is that we already use our mindset to create the lives that we're, we're living. It's based on the idea that perception is reality and through our attention and focus and grounded action, we do create our lives. So there are struggles or no struggles that come on our way, but it's a, it's, um, a chain of um, actions and reactions that we do towards life that takes us where we are today and will take us where we will be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So working with the mindset is pretty much working with something we already have, a mind, and, and the teachings behind the, the mind, mindset is the fact that we do have a 90-something percent of our minds that we are not actively uh, accessing or actively on-demand using. And um, so one of the mindset um, uh, sciences is neurolinguist programming, NLP, which is something that, for example, Tony Robbins is using a lot of. He's creating, and I think he created his own version of NLP, and he, so he doesn't call it that. But so basically it's the science of, of harnessing that percentage of our minds that we are not using currently and we're not aware of, but it's there uh, waiting for us to, to access. So it's, it's what Einstein used to say that we pretty much only use 10% of our minds and of our brains. So that is, that is mindset, is our ability to, to, uh, with tools and techniques to harness this uh, part of our minds that we're not using right now. So that's mindset. This so I think, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, please, say, I think please. that's, I think that's 
so interesting and I've never heard. So I'm really into spirituality too. And I wouldn't say that I always was, but I would Mm -hmm. say through my own struggles and kind of, I'm more interested in, so I'm actually kind of more left brain. Like I'm more Mm -hmm. uh, language and, and that type of stuff. And I like psychology and, st- and, you know, that kind of stuff, therapy, um, that really interests me in the sense of spirituality. So I think it's really interesting that you say that you can use quantum physics to mm-hmm. kind of explain that. That's, I could go a little more into that too, because I'm super interested in that. <laughs> I know. It's super cool. I mean, when I was taught those things, and actually there is a great book that I can um, suggest to pretty much everyone that is interested in that subject. Yeah. It's called Divine the Divine Matrix by Greg Braden, who is a physicist. And he is, in his book, he's giving all sorts of amazing, real, real experiments that science did um, that bridge that gap uh, between spirituality and science. And I mean, the current Pope, I think he just said a few months ago that uh, he is bridging the spiritual teachings with science and he's going to be the first Pope that will bridge that gap. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So for me, when I, when I learned about quantum physics and how those experiments can be poetically translated into spirituality, uh, being explained, right. So there aren't many physicists that will come out and say, Oh yeah, it's totally provable. There are a lot of them that won't say that, but there are some of them like Greg Braden that they do. And um, so for me, that was the entryway. So for my right brain scientific business person that I was looking at all those experiments, you know, this, this knowingness that we, all of us know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I don't remember who said that, but we are. And so it's just a matter of reminding ourselves about it. So I feel that for me, quantum physics was a great entryway. And then once I was in, and my conscious mind was pretty much, um, you know, persuaded, then I was open up, I opened up to yoga, to the yogic teachings, to all sorts of different spiritual um, uh, laws, like the law of attraction. There are many, uh, you know, manifestation and spiritual teachings, uh, sorry, uh, laws, not just the law of attraction, but, um, but it, was, it was until I learned NLP and quantum physics that my mind opened up to the spiritual world. And NLP also, uh, so yeah, so pretty much quantum physics explains the energy, that we are energy, that our bodies are energy, and that quantum physics is the, the, the science of the really small, small particles, where in the science of the really small particles, the physical laws there are totally different from the laws of physics in our, you know, uh, gravitational life that we live in. So there are different laws that apply there. So once you take the quantum physics laws and you apply them with the spiritual teachings of any religious or non-religious uh, spiritual book that you can find, it just really makes sense. Like it's, it's really, it's really proving a lot of things in a mind that is ready to see it that way. I love that there's a yeah. scientific approach for that because I think a lot of times people think it's just like crazy talk and it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. And what is spirituality and, and anything mm-hmm. like meditation and stuff? People kind of think that's just like 
not mm-hmm. everyone, but a lot. It's it's not a well accepted thing, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. So mm-hmm. I think that's great to have some kind of scientific explanation for that. So I'll definitely I'll write that book down in the show notes so that anyone interested can read it because I definitely want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so something else too that I've seen you post about, and this is great for for this podcast because a lot of this podcast, I mean, it's it's kind of based on body image and eating disorders, but it but also just kind of accepting your authentic self and living your best life. So. Um, I've heard you, or I've seen you talk before about your ego versus your higher self. Um, and how important is that to living an authentic life? Yes. So exactly. So, yeah. Um, so we, we, we always live our authentic life. If we, if we really see it from a macro level, we're always authentic because that's the choice that we're making. But on hindsight, when I look back into my life, I see me struggling, making decisions or, uh, loving myself in ways that were not as, let's say, empowering, uh, like they could have. So in that sense, I wasn't living an authentic life back then. But now I am more authentic in the sense of accepting myself, seeing myself through different eyes and um, being more honest to my needs, uh, being more honest to what my body wants and not just what my mind thinks that my body wants. Um, So once you step into this relationship with uh, your connection with whatever it is out there, so for a lot of my clients, it's the subconscious mind, which is the part of our minds that we're not using. For, for others, is the universe. For others, is the higher self. For others, is God. Whatever it is, there is another side inside of us that can connect with this bigger, like more graceful, masterful um, uh, side of ourselves that can be more accepting and more loving to the self. So, so our ego is what I said earlier is like the small percentage of our mind. Um, actually the science says is 0.006% our conscious mind, our ego. And then the 99.99% is our subconscious mind or our higher mind or our higher self. Some people can say, so, so when we are, uh, looking through life from this limiting ego place uh life can seem harder harsher maybe we don't like ourselves as much we compare ourselves with others and we just really are limiting the greatness that we all have inside of us so when we are tapping into the spiritual world the universe the higher self um we gain this new perspective about ourselves and It's only until we accept that bigger part of ourselves that can love ourselves much more is when we can really uh, create change. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I think, and it's hard because I think our society kind of teaches us to live in the ego state. Yes. You know, you have to really try to find, to to get out of that. Um, And it's hard, but it also can be so destructive. It can be really destructive because it's also not the whole truth. <laughs> right. So looking at it. So I always, um, um, one of the things that I teach about, for example, self-image is um, 
What is the difference between a person that gains weight easily and a person that eats whatever they want and they never gain weight? It is the belief that the person that is not gaining weight is, has the belief that they will never gain weight. So pretty much anything, any information that arises in their reality around gaining weight or not looking good or da da da, da does never, doesn't ever register in their minds because there is no belief in the subconscious mind that that could ever be me. Whereas there are other people like me, including myself, that I was very easily sidetracked as to how my body should look, what is my, my metabolism, because I'm from the Mediterranean and women from the Mediterranean have this and that, da 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 da. So there's always a story that comes uh, with, with our egos. <laughs> there's a story of identification. Oh, I. I have a good metabolism. Oh, I, I'm one of those people that don't have a good metabolism. Just by this story itself, um, our egos are literally sabotaging or not sabotaging us. And it's something that happens really by accident. It's not like people like me that had self-limiting beliefs around my body. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't wake up one day and I said, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to decide that. No. No, of course not. Um, are things that happen for a reason because it was part of my journey um, to help others and so and so. But it, it wasn't something I, I created for myself, but it was something that once I knew and I realized that it's just a story and it's just a perception and it's just a belief in my subconscious mind or, in, or basically a belief that my ego was, you know, like holding on to so much, was it that I started slowly and slowly you know, letting go and changing. And I'm still working on it. And I think it's, uh, we are a work in progress. But um, back in the day when I was like younger, maybe when I was 19 or 20, I would, I wish somebody had told me that it's a matter of storytelling for the self. Um, and that would have helped me a lot. So now I, I get to teach it. Yeah. Right. So do you work with a lot of clients that maybe have body image issues or, or you know, obsessive thoughts around food or, or what their body looks like. Do you, do you help any clients like that? I do have, um, mostly the, the clients that come to me come from, because they, they are not living, uh, as a, a happy life, although they thought they should have been by all the choices they made. And a lot of the times there are cases of people that have, I mean, women, especially most, most women that I work with have some sort of emotional relationship with food. Um, I don't specifically have a program specifically for that, but it is part of uh, what I teach uh, is applied to any type of limitation that we set to ourselves. And that includes self-body and self-love. Um, usually I talk about those things when we talk about self-love and how changing the relationship with ourselves and how we put ourselves as a priority, mm -hmm. starting from the first moment we wake up in the morning, including actually, um, I have an exercise that maybe I can share with you guys that is super, uh, it's not very easy exercise to do, but it definitely helps with self-love, self-acceptance and self-image. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. So basically, um, 
when you wake up in the morning after you shower or whatever you do, you dress up, whatever you have to do before you leave your apartment or your house, you just go into the mirror and you look at yourself in the eyes and you just stay there looking at yourself in the eyes, smiling or not smiling, saying an affirmation or not, but just staring at yourself in the mirror for as many minutes as you can, maybe up to five. I know that for a lot of us, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. Like when I first tried it, it, was, it sounded silly. You know, it was hard to keep up with it. I would do it one day and then the next day I would, I would choose not to do it. Um, but the more I stuck with the practice, the more I saw how my self-image started changing and the love that I was sending to myself started changing. And it's just a very small exercise, but it can really make tons of difference. So in that sense, and with other tricks and techniques, I help my clients that have um, body issues or self-image uh, negation or yeah I love that even though it might not be necessarily why someone comes to you it's I think it's so prevalent in just the society that we live in that mm-hmm. almost everyone seems to have some sort of struggle with it even if you don't even if you're not aware of it um, mm-hmm. but I love that exercise because it kind of gets into into your subconscious a little bit which is so mm-hmm. important um yeah, I love that. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yes, yes. And it goes further. Like after two weeks, there's a second exercise <laughs> that it's kind of cheekier uh, that I add to when once that exercise is um, uh, completed. Mm-hmm. So there is another one where you can sit in the mirror naked and look at yourself in the eyes. So after two weeks of doing the first part of the exercise, then looking at yourself in the eyes by being naked in front yeah. of yourself. Which That's is so hard for a lot of us to do. Oh my God. It's still hard for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. It shouldn't be, but it is for sure. No. Um, I loved also that you said that it's so important to be happy with ourselves first and just, you know, accept ourselves. And I think that's another thing. And I definitely have struggled with this before too, is like, Uh, subconsciously not accepting yourself and not being happy with yourself. And then it kind of gets you into a bad relationship or maybe not just not putting yourself first. So why is it so important for us to be happy with ourselves and, you know, love ourselves or at least accept ourselves before we start trying to love and accept other people or expect other people to love us? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And actually, it's funny that you're saying it because uh, I'm actually doing like a love course. And and the thing is that I, I always remember one of my teachers, she used to say, especially I just remember that the first step is acceptance and then change happens. And she would always give this example of the uh, alcoholic anonymous, mm-hmm. uh, where the first step is to accept where they are that they are what they are, they've been through what they've been through, and now they're ready to change. So so for me, um, the first step is always to look around in my life because we consciously are not aware that we're not happy with ourselves. I don't think that if we were 100% aware of it, that we would continue doing it. So I think that most of us, we don't know that we could be happier with ourselves. So one first step is to look around in my life and see what is it that is not working. 
And once I start observing what it is that is not working, that should be an indication that I can love myself more. So, so that's the first step. So I observe and I see what's not going well. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I can love myself more, although this is happening and I can love myself more all despite of the fact that this is happening in my life. And then, and then we go into the acceptance step where we accept that there are things that we would, um, that we accept that there are things that we're not happy with, with ourselves. It's just the acceptance stage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we're going to, Stay there or compromise or, you know, no, it's just the acceptance because then there is a third step where it says, love this step, love myself while being in this, um, not a perfect version of myself. So accepting, loving, and then the more we love ourselves, the more we create space within our own self for us to change and flourish and blossom. And the the more graceful and loving we are to ourselves, the more able we will be to receive love. So basically, one of the, the techniques is learning how to love myself and accepting love from myself first. Because if I, haven't, if I, haven't, if I don't know how to accept love, how am I ever going to accept it from a person outside of me? Mm-hmm. I, if I can learn to love myself even more and more and more and being comfortable in that receiving space, because most women, we are not comfortable in receiving. It's not that we are not receiving because we're not deserving. It's because we are not receiving because we don't even sit comfortably, comfortably in the place of receiving because we, because, because of many different things. But one real good technique is to allow myself to receive love from me, like the exercise in the mirror, uh, so that when it comes from another being, we are able to see what real love is. Because a lot of times we receive, quote unquote, love from others, but it's not the love we wanted, right? Right. Because we don't even know exactly what this pure unconditional loving love feels like so when we do practice it with with ourselves then we're more able to identify it when others give it to us and maybe say to some and say yes to others yeah I love that I agree with that I think that's so important um, and how we and that's how so many people and including myself in the past get into really unhealthy relationships because we're not even aware maybe in the beginning at least that it's unhealthy or what's unhealthy about it or because we're not even sure what is a healthy relationship with ourselves and what are we deserving of and you know so it's how can we how can we know what what if what we're getting into is is a good healthy relationship or not oh my god that is uh that is really a life's purpose i mean um i'm i'm when i met my husband um I thought I loved myself, you know, I thought I already did the techniques and I already loved myself. And of course I did, um, I did a, a quite a while that I was single just because I ended up, you know, meeting people that, you know, they were not good for me. <laughs> so while I was like, okay, I need to stay by myself and love myself, accept myself and figure out my things and then open up again to another human being. Mm-hmm. Um, that was attracting all sorts of different weird stuff. And so obviously at some point I was ready. I didn't know I was because I wasn't 
trying consciously to manifest. So I bump into Eric, who is now my husband, and I was in a good place with myself. Like I, I had my routine going on. I had, I think I had just briefly started teaching those things. I was, I was good. And, um, it wasn't after a few months of us dating that I realized how much more loving a man can be. I never knew that men can be so loving like him, like he's so accepting and unconditional. And, and I didn't even know that I could wish for a guy like that. And for anyone out there that is looking for their, you know, one or, um, I, I have to say one thing, the more we pay attention to ourselves, the more we take care of ourselves, that other person is on their way and they're even a hundred percent better from what we are imagining or even trying to manifest. Um, so for me, it was, that's, that's how I manifested him. I just basically took care of myself learn how to be cool and nice and cool with myself and my friends and having a good time, uh, being myself, my new uh, identity in the U S and he came along and I was like, and a couple of months later, I was like, man, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't even know that I could wish for a guy that is so loving. And I, I believe that it's because of all the space I gave to myself, first of all, to be by myself for a while. And also, those love self-loving techniques. Right. And oh, I love that. That's so awesome. And it's I think too what I've realized, and this is also from, you know, like I said, trial and error in the past, maybe, but when you do when you do work on yourself, when you do things that are healthy for you, and it doesn't even have to be like meditating for an hour a day and doing these crazy things, but just making decisions that are good for you that maybe are scary decisions or you know, just kind of putting yourself first. Um, when you start doing those things, it, it is amazing how things change and how p- certain people can come into your life that probably wouldn't have come into your life before if you weren't doing those things. And that could just be also on the decisions that you're making and where you are in life and, you know, what's going on and just your stability. And But it's crazy because I think that energies really can attract each other. Um, so in the same way, it could also attract a negative energy if you feel negatively about yourself um, or, you know, if you're not doing things to honor yourself. So I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I think like you were talking about your husband, the best kind of relationships are when someone else can teach you more about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and not in a bad, not in a bad mm-hmm. way, not like telling you everything that's wrong with you or anything mm-hmm. like that, but just not even saying anything to you, but if you do know what I mean, like sometimes yeah. you just realize things about uh-huh. yourself when the right person comes along that you didn't even know that it needed to be worked on. Oh my God. Oh my God. Say that again. First of all, uh, they don't need to say anything. So, yeah. So it's twofold. The one thing is that Eric accepted me so much that I was able to become more authentic in who I am as a teacher uh, he's ac- like through his love, I got even more acceptance for myself, which is an amazing mirror to see that being mirrored to- back to you. So a partner, when we are ready and we have put, as you said, it's not about meditating or da da da. It is literally about putting ourselves first. Uh, once we do all this work and all those small techniques of self love, then this person comes and they mirror back to us 
full acceptance and love that is so empowering for us. And the second thing is exactly what you said. They are also mirroring back things and judgments um, that we do towards the world. And so, so they don't necessarily need to tell us, but you, exactly in the same way that you can feel you know, the acceptance and the good vibes and the love in the same way, whatever is uh, still uh, inside of us judging or, you know, negating, it's going to be reflected back. And um, powerful relationships, romantic relationships can be a very great vehicle for uh, self-love and change if it is a mutual um, relationship of love. So with, with Eric, we've worked, I've, I've done more work on myself as a couple with Eric rather than 15 years by myself. Like it's a lot of things that he mirrors back at me that he doesn't even know that he does mm-hmm. and then on them by myself, you know, I journal or I just do my techniques on myself to release that judgment da, 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 da. and he's a great mirror. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that they need to say anything. I think that saying something that's almost that's like unhealthy because you shouldn't really be, I don't know, your your goal shouldn't really be to change someone necessarily. Mm-hmm. But you I don't know, I think that's when you know it's when it's healthy because if you yourself want to be better for yourself and for the other person and for everyone else in your life, that's when you're coming out of a, a good place, not someone else you know, reprimanding you, telling you what's wrong with you. That's, that's not good. <laughs> Definitely yes. not. Yes. And um, I, I'm so happy you said that. I'm so happy you said it that way. Yeah. It's exactly what you said. I agree a hundred percent. No, it's nobody's business to change me. And it's not, it's not my business to change anybody else, but in a, in a real relationship of love, uh, they will reflect it back to you. They won't even know, and you'll do the work by yourself. And yeah for yourself and become a better person. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And I, and it's not easy. Cause I don't think, I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I know that for me, like that didn't happen to me <laughs> right away. And especially, you know, in, in earlier relationships that I've had, it, it wasn't it always like that. And a problem with me too, and this still is a problem for <laughs> anyone in, in all areas of my life is that I like mm-hmm. to get things done quickly. Like I rush things and sometimes that can translate into relationships, which can also be really unhealthy and, and bad because, and I think it kind of goes back to like the ego versus higher self, your ego and your emotions can sometimes play tricks on you and get you into these like unhealthy situations that you're not even aware of, Mm -hmm. which is why rushing like, what's your thoughts on rushing anything? Like rushing a relationship or rushing, I don't know, anything. Trying to love myself and trying to do it in a week. Like, anything. Oh, my God. Um, so it's a thin balance between being able to quantum leap and really make change in a short time period and rushing. So it's a very thin balance. Um, my story about rushing... Uh, which I think reflects uh, best uh, wh- how I feel about it. It includes rushing and quantum leap, and I think it's a, it's a great story. So just before I met Eric, 
um, maybe like uh, three weeks before I was, I met this guy who was amazing. He was the best guy I could have ever met. And I couldn't believe he was spiritual, but he was also like Capricorn. So he was like really grounded and he was from this exotic place and he was amazing. Um, so we, we started dating for a couple of weeks or maybe a week, maybe 10 days. And then all of a sudden, although he ticked all those boxes and he was handsome and he was there, he didn't, ha- like one of those boxes were that he was not a hundred percent available. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and I was like, what? Like, uh, maybe I should, maybe I should try it. This is the best. Maybe I should, my bad now I've been single for so long. Maybe that's the one. Maybe, uh, maybe I should give him a try. So I like, you know, went back and forth um, in that, you know, internal dialogue for a couple of days. Um, and I was like, that's rushing for me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would be rushing to make it happen with one guy that seemingly is the best, but he's not a hundred percent available. So, so a couple of days later, because, you know, it's rushing in the sense of, you know, I, I, we have in Greek an expression, I want a man and I want him now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm ready. I want the universe to be ready for me. And I want this man now, you know, (laughs) brought me a man and he was perfect in so many ways, but emotionally was not there hundred percent as I would want him to be like I was. So a couple of days later with crying in my eyes, I just let him go. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. This would have worked amazingly. You're not here hundred uh, percent. Call me back when you're hundred percent here. Mm-hmm. And, I left. and I was devastated. I was really sad. Uh, a few hours later, I started thinking about it, going out of my sadness. And the next day I was like, wait a second, that is the test. That is when I should not be rushing and I should totally show faith and trust in the universe that what it is that I'm, I know that I deserve will come in time. I don't need to rush it. Mm-hmm. I felt this, oh my God, it's the no that you have to say before you say the hell yes, right? It's mm-hmm. not compromising just because you want it now, you know? So that brought me huge relief. And I was like, oh my God, I did not do anything wrong. I did not manifest a half uh, manifestation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also go into that ego thinking of, oh my God, I'm the worst manifester. I didn't manifest it, right? And I was like, no, it's a test for me to show my trust. And it was great. That gave me a lot of relief. Cut to a few days later. So we're still like two weeks before I met Eric, I think, like around there. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriends invite me to a yoga class. And I go to this yoga class, which is a Kundalini yoga of my teacher. Now she's my teacher. And she worked, it was a full moon in something in Taurus maybe. And we were working, the yoga class was to work on past, uh, past um, uh, relationships, like, you know, past boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And I was in that meditation and it was absolutely the most incredible experience that I had up until that time. It was my first time doing Kundalini yoga. And I saw this, an ex-boyfriend of mine that was like 15 years ago. Like I couldn't even remember that I could remember him. And 
And I had this cord that I had to let loose and, you know, I had to forgive him. Bada, bada, bada. I did it. I forgave him in the yoga class. I was like, I let you go. It's all good. And I step out of the class and I meet this guy, my neighbor, that invites me to this uh, barbecue a week later that I went. And that's where I met Eric. So in those three weeks, weeks, I had the opportunity to rush it with a guy that was not 100% there or just quantum leap in one night and meet my husband three weeks later, who is a hun- not 100%, like a million times better. Than mm-hmm. A million mm-hmm. times better that I could have never, ever wished for. So... Uh- yeah. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, it does because it's so, so true. And I've done it and I'm sure that a lot of listeners have done it before where you get into, you, you kind of, you want something, whether, whether or not maybe you're lonely, whether or not you want to be in a relationship for, I don't know, for your own self-esteem, or if you just want to be in a relationship, you can kind of like meet someone and you're attracted to them and you think it's great. And then you find out, okay, well, maybe this, maybe I don't like this thing about him or her, but, oh, I don't, you know, I'm either too scared to, to call it off because of this one thing, or, you know, maybe I'm not going to find someone else. And this, you know, that's like so common. And that's also how people get into such bad situations because we overlook Mm -hmm. like red flags basically, because we're, we want something to work just to have something. Yes, exactly. And there are big red flags sometimes, but we don't even see it. Like in that moment, I was literally thinking and flirting with the idea of staying with that guy. And he was not 100% there, you know? But in my mind at the time, it was maybe he is, maybe he will be. What if he will? Maybe, you know, like it is tricky for ego, going back to the ego that you said, it's tricky for ego to really see. Um, what's in front of us sometimes when the ego is too attached on the idea of something mm-hmm. the or the love or the money it can happen with the money too. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen with anything. It doesn't have to just be relationships. We can yeah. rush <laughs> everything. Yeah. I, and, and like I said, that's something that I, that I need to, that I still am working on, but I've definitely gotten a lot better from from a couple of years ago, but just in general, you know, I try, I try, I like to have things done quickly and I don't, I'm not really sure why. And you know why? It's also because of the part that we know that we can do quantum leaps. We know that we can be badass manifestors. We know that we can have what we want. We know that we deserve to, to have what we want. So it's tricky for ego minds to, uh, it's very tricky for ego minds to really see, see the difference between rushing and being able to manifest something like this. So it's, it's, it's a thin balance. And I think all of us will continue doing it. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, it is a thin balance. It's, it's like, you know, you deserve it, right? You know, you can manifest anything you want. You know, we teach those things, right? You, you, with the power of your mind, you can call in everything, right? So it is a, it's a thin balance to know when you are trying to manifest something out of need of proving yourself to be whole and successful and in love and happy, or you're we're manifesting out of desire, just pure want. Right. So when, 
just pure want. There are no attachments. They're like, oh yes, I want so and so so money, or I want this project, or I want this person, but I'm not gonna rush it until it's uh, unless it's the best highest version for me. So that has pure fun. You know, I'm having fun with the idea of manifesting my husband. It's gonna be so amazing. Whenever it happens, it doesn't matter. I'm not attached to it. Mm -hmm. But then the need. I'm really attached to it. So I rush. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing balance that we are all, I, keep, I think like all manifestation teachers and all mindset teachers and all like coaches and all of us, we all go through that because it is the same, it's the other side of the same coin. The coin being, oh yeah, you can manifest anything you want. So it comes with a title, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. You can either, you can look at it either way, but. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not. You, I don't know. I feel like we can't make, we think we can make things happen, but mm-hmm. it never works. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can make it, uh, we can, uh, we can attract it and make it happen only. And that's what I teach in my week four of my academy. It's exactly only when we know for a hundred percent, we're sure that we're connected to our higher self, our intuition, that it's, it's a hundred percent comes from pure love, like comes from pure desire to play, you know, that our lives. So basically what we were talking about earlier, self-love, it's, we need self-love because we need to vibrate to the universe that we are already okay where we are. Just bring us more okay okay stuff you know mm-hmm. we're fine great we're amazing where we are but we want more amazing stuff so we we need to already be vibrating on an amazingness level which needs to be really pure and deep deeply really amazing not just telling myself everything is amazing so when right. I create this self-love for myself no matter how even things go well for me, even if they don't go well for me, I still have the self-love and the gratitude for myself. So from that place, when I am already in that place of self-love and self-acceptance and gratitude, then I can be more clear as to what it is that I want. And if it's a need, your higher self will tell you because how, what is the higher self? It is basically any idea That's how someone who doesn't know how to connect to their subconscious mind or the universe or the higher self, ask yourself one question. Is what I'm thinking right now something that makes me feel good? If the answer is no, it's your ego speaking. So let's say I want to go, you know, I should go on this date. Does this feel good? No, don't do it. If it feels good, it is powered by inspiration, by love, by, by true intuition, and it will make you feel so good. You're going to have so much fun with that, with, that, with that manifestation or that action or whatever it is. So a lot of times when we're trying to manifest, if it feels, um, it, you will know it is a need if it doesn't feel 100% yes, if it does not feel a hundred percent fun. It doesn't, if it doesn't, doesn't feel good, you know? So that's what I call the feeling great practice. Like we do take massive actions in my academy and I, I teach that, but only from inspired action. Mm-hmm. 
feels really good. So that is one way to uh, get go around. How can I have what I want without being attached? Yeah, that's great advice. I agree with that too. Like if you, sometimes I just have to sit and ask myself or, you know, maybe meditate or even just like sit and take a deep breath and close my eyes and ask myself, how does this feel? Like, what do I, cause you know, and I think with practice, you get even more in tune with your intuition, but most of the time we know what the right answer is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. Just accepting that. <laughs> it's hard. <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Well, before we end, I, I want to give, um, a chance for you, for anyone listening to stay in touch with you, um, on social mm-hmm. media, what are your what are your social sure. media names? So, also, mm-hmm. uh, your academy. If you want to talk a little bit about that and how people mm-hmm. can get involved in that if they're interested. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, my handle on Instagram is Faith It Till You Make It Girl. Um, my academy is Faith It Till You Make It Academy. And it's a six-week uh, group coaching kind of. It's like it's like group coaching because I'm there. I'm doing it live with you guys. So it's six weeks. Um, the first three weeks, I'm teaching all the tools and all the science behind the power of the mind. Uh, so we will talk about NLP uh, concepts, uh, neuro linguist programming tools that you can use to reprogram any limiting beliefs and limiting decisions that have been stored on our on your subconscious mind. And we will also talk about how the mind works and how, why the whole thing works. Um, and then the th- the fourth week is all about quantum physics and manifestation and calling in the universal laws and like really grounding manifestation into the experiments of quantum physics, but also learning how to connect with our higher self and how to manifest exactly from what we were saying, like manifest from pure love when, where everything is graceful and easy. And then week five is applying all those tools for manifesting love specifically. Uh, if somebody's married, I also have a section there that they or married or in a relationship or dating that are for couples too. So it's love, not only for people that want to call in love, but people that aren't in love also, or even just people that want to create a community or a tribe. Um, and then week six is my, uh, applying all those tools and techniques for money, manifesting money. Um, and in those six weeks, I'm there online. Uh, it's not a big groups. It's not like a hundred or 200 group people. It's like personally 20 to 30 people per group. So it's kind of intimate. And um, yeah, so Amazing. that's uh, what I do in a group. And then I do one-to-one, but depending on the time of the year, not always. Okay, um, that's that's awesome. Well, I love what you're doing. Seriously. It's awesome. It's great work. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we finally got to talk. (laughs) And when this podcast is going to air, my book is going to be out. Oh, what's your book? Fake it till you make it. So it's, um, it's a combination of stories, uh, and techniques and some, some stories from uh, my life, but also stories, inspirational stories about how we can faith it until we make it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So I'll write that also in the, in the show notes. Do you know if that'll be on Amazon and it will be on Amazon. I don't know exactly when, but I'm, I'm sure that when that would air will be around that time. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will 
double check before and write it in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Seriously. You're amazing. Keep doing amazing work. And thank you so much for being so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. Talk soon.